Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Oh, happy day. What an explosive morning it's going to be for us. Wow. Is that because it's the 4th of July? Happy 4th of July. It Absolutely. the 4th of July. In I fact, love freedom. Here's a pop quiz on the fly. Do you know how old the United States of America is today? 437.4 years old. No. 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 We are uh, <laughs> apparently 246 years old as a nation. Oh, we are so young, man. About to be that? 247 no. years old. We're young. Yeah. So I mean, we're feels good though. I feel like we're still pretty spry. We are young. In fact, we, we went to Israel in 2019 and we're walking around Israel and they're literally in Caesarea Philippi. We were there and there were these pillars that were just laying in the grass on the side. Like there's no, there's no ropes around them or anything else. And these pillars are older than our, like a thousand years older than our nation. Like they are, are <laughs> and they're just laying there. And you probably sat on them. Well, but they don't, they would have been fine with that. Like they just don't care. That's terrible. I'd I'd have preserved it. Yeah. Our guide was like, well, unless something is so old, it's not even considered, you know, historical in in our, in Israel. (laughs) It's like, man, that is so arrogant. That that's like it's it's older. The oldest thing that you've seen in the United States, you go to Israel and they've got things that are seven hundred years older than that, just laying on the side of the road. <laughs> it's like apparently worthless. Well, can I take that home then? Yeah. Are you good with that? Can I put, put that, that on my carry? Check luggage. Yeah. Well, yeah. It is the Fourth of July, and uh, man, we are are thankful for what it represents for us here in the United States of America, the freedom that we have yeah. uh, to do what we do and to have a podcast like this that it can go out over the airwaves and. The pod waves. The pod waves. There are places where this is not allowed and it's outlawed. There are places where what we're doing with this podcast and reading the Bible is not allowed, that you can't have a Bible in your home. Um, And so I hope, Christians, that we are thankful for the word of God. I hope that we are thankful for the freedoms that we do have right now. And I hope that we're mindful that we are not guaranteed those things, that the Constitution in the Bill of Rights is not a, a biblical document that it could go away at any point in time. And if it goes away, it doesn't change anything about our relationship to God and our trust in him. And so while we have the scriptures, let's take advantage of them. Let's saturate ourselves in them. Let it, let us be thankful for the, the freedoms that we do have. And let's learn more about God's word and apply it. And that's what we're here to do today. Let's do it. Job chapter 29 and 30. 29 and 30, 29 and 30, it's really kind of a juxtaposition in these two chapters because in chapter 29, what you find is, is Job is reflecting on what life was like before all the suffering hit. I titled it. I missed the good old days. You titled it I did, in my mind. I didn't okay. actually write it down though. So it was different. It's a than step what in the do. right direction. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my words be written down, right? Yeah. With an iron pen. That's right. I want, I'm going to buy you an iron pen so that you can write things down. Thank you, maggot. <laughs> So chapter 29, he's, yeah, he's longing for the good old days. He's longing for what it used to be. Um, Look in verse two, he says, in the months of old, as in the days when God watched over me. So you can see where he's at right now. He feels like that's, that's gone, that God is not watching over, over him anymore. His lamp, the lamp of God shone upon my head. And again, the contrast in light and darkness by his light, I walked through the darkness. And now he feels like he's living in the midst of the darkness. The friendship of God, verse four, was upon my tent. Um, And my heart broke for Job here in verse five, when he said, when the Almighty was yet with me, and then he said this, when my children were all around me. 
I, I think we get into the the, hard. the weeds between Job and his friends and the, the argument back and forth there. And we can become these these critics of what's going on here and forget the, just the emotional savagery that, that Job has having, had to endure. The fact that he lost his, his children, children who he loved dearly as is evidence at the beginning of the book when he after they had a, a, a feast together, would go to the temple, or not to the temple, but go and, and make offerings for them in case they sinned unknowingly while they were all together. I mean, Job loved his kids. And this is just a, a reminder of the, the pain that was still very much there as he's saying, man, I, I wish I, I miss my kids is what he's saying there. When my steps were washed with butter, I don't what did that mean? I, I don't know. I was thinking about that. I was yeah. going to go outside and put some butter on my doorstep <laughs> and see what it felt like. I don't need that. So if you can just do that with you, I, I that would be messy because <laughs> butter is just greasy and it leaves stains. Yeah. And then he, verses 11 and 12 here, when the ear heard it called me blessed. And when the eye saw it approved because I delivered the poor who cried for help and the fatherless who had none to help him. You remember when Eliphaz was throwing the spaghetti at the, the, the window to see if anything was going to stick. And he was saying that Job was doing the opposite of these things. Yep. So here Job is saying, actually that that's not true. Right. I was, I was crushing it. I was crushing it. Yeah. I was, I was kind. I was good. I put on righteousness verse 14 and it clothed me. I was eyes to the blind, feet to the lame, and a father to the needy. Such a, a, a cool testimony. The eyes to the blind thing, though, reminds me of a friend of mine from seminary <laughs> who uh, happened upon a guy. This was when I was going to Dallas, and he happened upon a guy on campus that was blind. And the guy was like it, it, trying to find his way to a building. And so my friend Nathan came alongside him and said, hey, can I help you get to the building that you're going to? And he said, yeah, I'm trying to make it over to, and he wanted to get to the administration building. Well, Nathan led him to a building and opened the door for him and was trying to do this act that he thought was super kind for his blind friend. And he leads him inside the building and then he shuts the door and he walks away and then it hits him and he's like, oh no, dude, I went, I took him to the wrong building. <laughs> oh, no. so, so he goes back into this blind guy and he uh, dis- disguises his voice <laughs> and he's like, uh, do you need any help? And the guy's like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to make it here. <laughs> so he grabs him and he, he brings him to the right building finally. And he walks in and the blind guy goes and he takes a deep breath and he smells and he goes, yep, this is the right place. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, when I saw eyes to the blind, my mind went to Nathan and I appreciated that. That's funny. Um, Call him out. What's his last name? Let's, Nathan, all, let's all friend him on Facebook. Nathan Gunter. Nathan, Nathan Gunter. Gunter. There you go. You can go find him. He's a pastor up in Northern California right now. Okay, but we're going to tweet at him. There you go. But Job is saying, I was eyes to the blind in a good way. He was not leading them astray or disguising his voice to make up for that. Uh, but he's just remembering what it was like. And it's it's a, not a, a, a fond memory because of his current circumstances. It's not like things are good now and he's looking back and remembering things and going, oh, it was good then too. It's like, oh man, things are so bad now. I, I wish it could go back to what it was like. I wondered in verses 18 through 20 if, if maybe he developed a false sense of security. You see here mm-hmm. is, okay, I, I shall die in my nest and I shall multiply my days as a sand, my roots spread out to the waters, yada, yada. I thought, I wonder if Job had any sense of like, this is the way it's always going to be. I, I've been so kind. God has blessed me, man. This is just the life. I'm living it. And maybe that was, I know Grant, God, granted, God says he's blameless. And so I'm not trying to charge him with something that God doesn't charge him with. But it seems like there is so a, far. a little, <laughs> well, I'm, I scratched my name in the last chapter to put myself in there. I just wonder if there was a sense of Job taking comfort in the wrong things instead of God himself. Yeah. I had the same thought too, as I was reading that, but in verse 21 through 25, he just reflects back on how people honored him. And it wasn't long ago that we were reading about 
how he was suffering so much dishonor. Um, and that's really chapter 30. He contrasts chapter 29 when it was so good with chapter 30, which is white. Yeah, man, all the good that I had is now been replaced with all of the evil that I'm currently suffering. And, uh, yeah, he's, he suffers derision. He says, they, they laugh at me, men who are younger than I and, uh, and whose fathers I would have disdained to set with the dogs in my flock. They're, I wouldn't have even put their dads over the charge of the dogs in my flock. And, and you may be thinking dogs in a good sense. Nobody kept pets as, dogs as pets at this time. So the dogs were like the, the, the scavengers. He's saying, I wouldn't have even given them care over the, the scavengers. And the, their sons are now mocking me. That's uh, deep shame. Over my current state. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, the reason why verse 11, because God has loosed my cord and humbled me. That's an interesting line there, right? Even in light of maybe what you were just talking about there in verses 18 through 20, that, that maybe it was in some sense. And maybe Job is, is even implying that here between these two chapters, because again, side note, chapters are not inspired. This is not something that was, Job was like, okay, chapter 29 is done. Now let's go to chapter 30. And so maybe Job is sensing, okay, maybe God was trying to humble me some in this. And I think by the end of the book, certainly we get that humility. But he says, God has loosed my cord and humbled me and cast off the restraints in my presence. In other words, people are not even holding back and uh, in, in fearing to treat me so shamefully. Verse 16, my soul is poured out within me. Days of affliction have taken hold of me. 19, God has cast me into the mire and I've become like dust and ashes. Just a permanent state of mourning and grief. Uh, but when I hope for good, verse 26, evil comes. And when I waited for light, darkness came. My inward parts are in turmoil and never still and days of affliction come to meet me. Again, I, I don't pretend that somebody listening to this has not experienced similar inward turmoil and angst or maybe even presently experiencing that. And I think it's comforting to know that you're not alone and that somebody like Job has gone through this too. And we have a book like this to remind us and encourage us in the midst of all that of how to think about what we're going through. Verse 23, he says, I know that you will bring me to death and to the house appointed for all living. I was reminded about the the good that it is for our souls to consider the fact that all living are appointed to the house of death. Therefore, all of us should be prepared. Today really could be our last day. There's no guarantee that we'll have another day tomorrow. So let that inform you to make wise decisions today to consider what it is that you're doing with your life. One question that routinely pops up in my to-do list is if I were to die tomorrow, what would I regret not doing or saying? And I think that's a helpful thing for you to think about today, Christian. Is there anything in your life that you know, uh, man, I'm, I'm not doing this as much as I would like to. I, I wish I did more of this or more of that. Maybe God's going to use that. Job is aware of something that you and I often forget. Death awaits all of us and it's closer than you may realize. I actually follow a Twitter account that all it does is every single day it tweets, you might die today. <laughs> and I, and the, the reason why is just what you're talking about. It's a good reminder. Every time I'm on Twitter, which is something so lighthearted most of the time, yeah, depending well, on what the news is or whatever. Yeah. So maybe not. <laughs> not the Twitter I know. <laughs> maybe it's a, a good reminder, but it is a reminder every time I see that pop up and it usually pops up at the end of the day, right before I go to bed. It's, it's a cheerful thought, right? Yeah. Uh, good night but I follow it and that's the only thing that it tweets. And the reason is that I follow it is for that reminder right there because we don't know when the time is, is up. Speaking of death, we encounter death in our new Testament reading in Acts chapter 12. Um, things have been going so well and we may have lost sight of the fact that this was still a, a dangerous time for the church. 
And Acts chapter 12 really kind of reminds us of that. And yet not in a, oh no, the sky is falling kind of a way, but in a sobering way. And yet a, a way that reminds us that God is using the persecution still for the expansion of his church. And it opens in chapter 12, verse one with Herod, the king laying violent hands on some who belong to the church. And he kills James, the brother of John. You remember the Boanerges, the sons of thunder. thunder. And so one of the sons of thunder has been eliminated now. And that is James. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Herod's a, just a, a despicable guy. No scruples. No. And, and, and he's, I mean, yeah, whatever. No parallels with our, our modern day politicians. I'm not. I'm not going to go there. But but <laughs> I mean, he did you catch that? Like he kills James, and he sees that the crowd like that, and so he's like, oh, okay. Well, then let me go after Peter too. Right. And the text only says he arrested Peter, but what's written in between the lines is he's going to do the same thing to Peter. About to off Peter. Right. He's going to kill Peter. And the only thing, well, not the only thing, God preserves Peter. But what preserve what prevents Herod from doing it right then and there is it's the days of unleavened bread. It's it's the, the Passover feast is coming. And so he he grabs him and he arrests him and he puts him in prison and he delivers him over to these four squads of soldiers to guard him. So he knows that overkill. Peter's a big deal. Right? It's overkill. And and it speaks to Peter's status even outside the church. Like he knows that Peter's a big deal. You think maybe he knew that Peter escaped prison last time? Probably. I, I, I imagine it probably got, got around pretty quickly, even without Twitter. <laughs> the high priest is like, hey, bro, just to give you a heads up, right. this dude is slimy. You don't know how he got out, but you should be aware. <laughs> right, right. So these four squads of soldiers guard Peter, and it says intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. Read to kill him, right? Yep. That's, that's his goal there. Peter's in prison, but notice the end of verse five, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. And that was just ongoing. And we're going to see that here, but, uh, but Peter's rescued this angel of the (laughs) cough, this angel of the Lord stands next to him all of a sudden and a light shines in the cell and, and, and Peter wakes up because of the light. No, he doesn't. Peter wakes up because an angel of the Lord is it. No, he doesn't. Peter's asleep, dude. Straight up dead sleep. Yeah. And he got the tweet that night that said, you might die tomorrow. And it says, he said, yeah, no, I probably am going to die tomorrow. And then he went to sleep. He's like, he's out. What great trust. Exactly. Reminded right. Me of Jesus in the, in the boat on the, in the storm, just, just sleeping. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. Cause the angel has to strike Peter on the side to, to woke him, not to get woke, not to get Peter's woke. woke. Peter's woke. <laughs> this is as close to woke as Peter gets. Okay. But striking, that's a strong word. That's not like shoved him a little bit. It's like hit him hard. Right. The angel had to be like, dude, get up. Get up, man. <laughs> what are you doing? Get up, and then man. he says, get up quickly. And then the chains fall off his hands. It, it, it would be so cool to live during this time, right? And to be Peter throughout all of this and to witness all of these miraculous things taking place. Dress yourself, put on your sandals and does so. And he goes out and it, and Peter thinks this is a vision the whole time. He still thinks he's dreaming. He's so asleep. This <laughs> guy's not even sure what's going groggy. on. Yeah. Because in verse 11, finally he wakes up. He comes to himself and he's like, okay, now I'm sure the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all the Jewish people we're expecting. He goes to, to Mary's house and... I, I love Rhoda. Rhoda's there and she hears Peter knocking at the door and hears his voice. Hold on. I'll be back. <laughs> leaves him outside. Stay there. Let me come back. Peter's like, okay. And she goes and tells everybody and they're like, no, it's, it's, you're seeing a vision. You just, you want it to be Peter. But then they realize that it actually is. They bring him in. There's, there's great rejoicing, but I mentioned it. We'll, we'll see their prayers. That, that's what they were doing right then and there as Peter shows up. Is in the middle of the night, him. dude. Yeah. In the middle of the night, these guys are praying. I mean, that, these are these are amazing friends. Yeah. Imploring, pleading. These are not Job's friends. These are good <laughs> friends right here. These are right? great friends. And then 
it, it says, now when day came, there was no little disturbance among the soldiers over what had become of Peter because they're like, what, what happened? And then these soldiers are, are executed because of their failure to do their job, even though maybe a little unfair to those guys. Well, even if you take a look here in verse 17, notice that it was the Lord who brought him out of the prison. Contrary to the governing authorities' wishes and desires. So God is violating the government officials in order to release one of his servants who is innocent. We mm. know that. And consequently, there are people that are judged for that. Yeah. What do you make of that? It, it, these were not innocent people, right? And I think that's something for us to bear in mind. These were not people. No one's ultimately innocent. Right. No one's ultimately innocent. Thanks they had that. their sin that was responsible for um, that they were responsible for, that they bared the guilt for. So the fact that they're executed and Peter's not does not show injustice or uh, or partiality on the part of God. I think it's right. they were bearing the weight of their, their sin and the penalty of their sin here. There's also a sense in which there are times to violate the governing authorities. Certainly not a decision that you make every day or any time at all. Right. But when God does that, it's clear. Okay, there are times when this is appropriate and right. And granted, God's got the God card. He could do whatever he wants, and he's never going to do anything that's wrong or wicked. But just notice here, there are times when Christians will do something different than what the authorities say is the right and good thing to do. Right. Right. And we see that today, right? You see that with the underground church in China and places like that where the government has said, you're not allowed to meet. And the church has said, we're going to meet. I'll do you one better. How about the underground church in California where we couldn't meet uh, meet publicly and they told us that we weren't supposed to meet in person? I see what you did there. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 Verses 20 and following, we see the death of Herod. And uh, it's it's one of those imprecatory moments where you're kind of like, okay, this is, this is God's judgment being brought against this man. He goes out and he speaks. Um, and if you go visit Israel, you can see where this took place even today. And he's speaking and the people are saying, this is the voice of a God. And they're saying, how amazing is this message? And he's not stopping them. And he's receiving praise as a God. And it says in verse 23, immediately an angel of the Lord struck him, right? Notice the parallels there. The angel strikes Peter to wake him up, to rescue him. to life. Right, to life. Here, the angel strikes Herod down to To death. death. All I can think of is jinx because my twins just say jinx all the time. And then they do the count and then there's like under the roof. I don't understand it all. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) because he did not give glory to God. That's why. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. Maggots. But verse 24, for the, the, the contrast, the word of God increased and multiplied. And that's the victory of God right there. That's, that's right. the power of God. You can try to stop it. It's not going to be stopped. God is going to win. God's word is going to endure. God's word is going to overcome. That's right. And then in verse 25, you see this little side note. It says, Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem where, when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. So John Mark here. What were they doing in Jerusalem? Well, if you go back to the end of chapter 11, they were bringing the support for the the saints there in Jerusalem after Agabus had predicted that there was going to be the famine there. And so uh, Barnabas and Saul had gone off with the gifts for the church there. And now they're returning from that, that work. Cool. That's uh, Acts chapter 12. And that was, that was quicker than I expected. Actually. That's the end of our DBR for the 4th of July. Wow. Yeah. Do we want to set up some fireworks in here in honor of the day? It probably wouldn't be a good idea. I brought a few. I have a Roman candle, right? We've got low ceilings. And it just would not go well. Roman candle war. Yeah. Whoever lives gets to keep the church. <laughs> Dude, I, true confessions, I used to ride in the back of my friend's pickup truck up and down the streets out here and fire Roman candles at cars what? when I was growing up. Dude, I would have ran you over. Yeah. I would have yeah. ran you over. It was, it was not, I was not a wise teenager. That's for sure. <sighs> you didn't get shot. I didn't get shot mm. or arrested, which both were viable options. 
So okay, well, let's turn you in just to be safe. And see and if I get rescued. <laughs> let's let the, well, I'll pray for you. Well, I'll gather a couple people. We'll pray for you before the end of the night and see what happens. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, don't call the cops on me. I'm pretty sure the statute of limitations is up on that one. But we are grateful that you guys tuned in to listen to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. And we will catch you tomorrow. Bye, y'all. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Yeah.